Hello, and this is the series I've called 66 Books, where we're working together through the 66 books of our Bible. And today you've reached the book of Habakkuk, the book of the holiness of God. Habakkuk is widely recognized for its beauty. The prophet himself is viewed as a real free thinker among the prophets, and some Bible experts even see him as the grandfather of the Reformation. This is perhaps not surprising, because it was from this book that Paul got his statement, the just shall live by faith, and of course Martin Luther got it from Paul. Habakkuk is named as the author not just once, but twice, in the opening verse, Habakkuk 1.1, and again in the first verse of chapter 3. However, beyond that, virtually nothing is known about him except that he was a prophet. There is no explicit time reference given in Habakkuk. No king is mentioned in the introduction, but the Babylonian invasion is pictured as being imminent. The descriptions given indicate that Babylon had become a world power. The Chaldeans conquered Babylon in 612 BC, so it had to be after that. The prophet's concern for violence that he sees in Judah suggests a time after Josiah during the wicked reign of Jehoiakim. The most likely date would seem to be around 607 BC when Jehoiakim's reign was still well underway, but before Judah was invaded by Nebuchadnezzar in 605. If this is so, then Habakkuk would have been a contemporary of Jeremiah, prophesying alongside him in the southern kingdom, just as it was as it plunged towards national collapse. Josiah had brought reforms, but they abruptly ended with his death in 609 BC. The nobles and even most of the religious leaders were shamelessly robbing and oppressing the common people in Judah. Therefore, it was seemly that they should be punished through the device of the Babylonian oppression. In fact, the nobility were the first to be taken captive in the two initial deportations of 605 and 597 BC. The majority of the lower classes left behind were left behind on the land until their deportation in the third deportation that took place in 586 BC. For Habakkuk, the Babylonians posed a serious religious problem. How can a holy God use an unholy people as an instrument for the punishment of Israel? The Babylonians were a bloody and ruthless people who had no respect for God or his moral laws. Instead of falling into impatient cynicism, Habakkuk simply entreats and puts the situation before the Lord. The book is God's answer to the question that Habakkuk asked. So the subject of the book is the holiness of God. Habakkuk is grappling with the question, how can God use a wicked people like the Chaldeans and the Babylonians to bring about his purposes? Habakkuk was confused, even angry some might say, because he knew the Babylonians were worse sinners than the Judeans. Could the divine purpose be justified by such events? God's righteousness needed justifying to his people. 
Why does wickedness seem to triumph while the righteous suffer? This is the question Job asked, but this time it's asked by Habakkuk and it's applied to the nation rather than to an individual like Job when he asked it. The message is even though it sometimes appears to seem that God is absent, indifferent and even inconsistent, he is righteous and holy and the right way to respond to him is to trust him. Thinking about the structure of the book, the literary structure of the book of Habakkuk is a conversation between the prophet and God. In chapters 1 to halfway through chapter 2, Habakkuk complains and God answers. Then from chapter 2 verse 6 to the end of that chapter, we hear the litany of of Babylon's sins. Then in chapter 3, we get to the point where Habakkuk trusts in God's judgment. So the purpose of Habakkuk is to defend God's righteousness in using one wicked nation to punish another. The immediate situation that Habakkuk speaks to is the sin of Judah. Why does God simply not judge that nation's sin? When God answers that he explains that he's going to judge her sin, yes, but by using Babylon to do it. That's the immediate situation. But of course, there's a universal question asked here in the sense that circumstances often seem to contradict God's revelation of love. If he is righteous, how can he allow sin? If he is loving, how can he allow suffering? Habakkuk struggled when he saw people flagrantly violating God's law and distorting justice on every level without any apparent fear of divine intervention. He wanted to know why God was allowing growing iniquity in the land to go unpunished. God's answer, of course, is that Habakkuk should should simply trust in him, even in the worst of circumstances, because of his incomparable wisdom, power and goodness. God's plan is perfect. Nothing is big enough to stand in the way of its ultimate fulfillment, in spite at times of appearances to the contrary. God is still on the throne as the Lord of history and the ruler of nations. Habakkuk is told in that day that he must simply trust in him, and of course that applies to us still today. Habakkuk's faith was strengthened through his dialogue with God. We can see that in the text. He may not have received the detailed explanation he'd hoped for from God, but he received a revelation of God's power and wisdom that gave him a better knowledge and understanding of God. And it also gave him a determination, in spite of circumstances, to remain faithful to him. So in summary, Habakkuk narrates his own struggle with the righteousness of God, and he does so as a way of vindicating God's righteousness. The conclusion he reads is that even if it sometimes seems that God is absent, indifferent, or even inconsistent, we must remember he is righteous and holy, and the right way to respond to him always is simply to trust in him.